Hey everybody, it's time for Swedenborg Live, and I am absolutely thrilled to get to spend the next hour plus maybe hanging out and talking about the kind of stuff that I really want to talk about with some great people and all of you who are also great. Oh, I made it sound like you weren't great people out there in the audience. I'm Curtis. I'm the director of Off the Left Eye, and the panel today is uh, a panel that cannot be missed. First, we have uh, Chelsea Odner, who writes and does program strategy and all kinds of awesome things, hosts the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast. What's up, Chelsea? How are you? Hey, everybody. I am happy to be here. I feel like it's been a while, but I guess it's really only been a month, but I just love these monthly sit-downs where we get to hear questions from people and do our best to respond and think about spiritual things, uplift our thoughts. So thanks. Awesome. And with a rebuttal to that is Dr. Jonathan Rose, series editor for the New Century Edition. Jonathan, thanks for coming. How are you today? Doing well. I'm actually feeling happy, even though there's a lot of fairly heavy stuff in the news just just lately. But uh, it's so fun to do these shows, and it's great to be with everybody, especially you, Curtis. <laughs> Thank you. I know everyone else has got their charms, but like me, it's really fun. Hey, that's a good point you bring up about the news. I have lately just been feeling like, okay, you've got to set some boundaries about how much stuff you can care about because there's just so much heavy stuff going on. It's how am I going to function and, and do a show like this? All right. Well, I, I know that's happening. Try to do stuff where I can, but you got to have these limits. You got to be able to say, I'm, I'm having a good day today. So I appreciate that. Last but not least, this is Karin Childs, who writes for us as our community manager and really brings a lot of that Swedenborg sizzle. What's going on, Karin? Hi, I'm really happy to be here with you all. It is a little oasis to gather like this and uh, think about the bigger picture. So thanks for coming, everyone. I want to give a shout out to Kathy uh, Gaither, who just put a, about an hour before our show started, she put a comment in there saying, glad to be here once again. Your ministry is a blessing to me. I had a stroke two weeks ago and I am in the hospital. Please pray for me. Thank you, Kathy Gaither of Atlanta, Georgia. So sending prayers for your steady recovery, Kathy, and sending love to you. Man, yeah, hard hard stuff, big, big scale and individual. And it makes me think, okay, well, we're here to deliver this show. Everyone who's here in the chat asking the questions, we're here to get all of our minds into this place where we're thinking about the, you know, the core of life and the, and the big picture and the truth and the word and all that. So that's what we want to provide. And I'm excited to, to do it with all of you. Hey, everybody, a couple of notes before we get to our Q&A. You, if you have never done this before, it's very simple. You just enter questions in the YouTube chat, and that's all we do for the hour as we talk about what you want to talk about. As people are getting up to speed and writing those in, I want to talk about the Off the Left Eye experience, which we had, oh, it feels like a thousand years ago, but I think it was just a month or so back there. The recordings are out. If you went to the event or bought the recordings, you can access those. You should have gotten an email. Not that I'm trying to guilt trip you, but if you didn't, if it went in your spam folder or something, or you missed it or deleted it, get in touch with us. We'll get you that link back. If you want to purchase those recordings and hadn't, there's a link in the description where you can go and see what all the fuss is about. One more announcement. 
we've got something really cool happening tomorrow night, which is the virtual launch celebration for the Swedenborg Summit Challenge fundraising campaign. This is where you can be part of nature and making things happen for us. So Chelsea, what's going on with this event? Yeah, so this is a fun uh, fun fundraising challenge that we're launching. Um, and it's one of those ones where it's like set a goal for yourself to get out, uh, be outside. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be near a mountain, but you can go uh, on any kind of a hike or a, a walk, make some sort of a commitment to yourself, but then at the same time, um, choose a fundraising goal to raise money uh, for the Swedenborg Foundation. And then, but we're going to do it all as through a community to be connecting with each other and supporting each other as we uh, go and encourage each other along in our, in our individual goals. And so we're doing a, this virtual launch tomorrow night, uh, having like a virtual meetup through a Zoom webinar and You'll get to learn more about the fundraising challenge and uh, get any of your questions answered. And we have um, very exciting news that I just heard of today that um, an anonymous donor couple gave a $10,000 gift to be a match for the month of this challenge so that any even more encouragement to participate and get out there because then anything you raise will go twice as far for the Swedenborg Foundation. Um, and that's very, very exciting. And so it's all run through a, it's called a just giving platform. And so you can create a page and track, you know, put up pictures, track what you're doing, um, and be a part of the community. So if you're interested, there's a link in the description and then you can join us tomorrow night and have some ideas, make some plans. Awesome. Chelsea's going to be there. I'm going to be there. It's going to be, uh, a lot of cool, fun, and for a good cause. So we are also going to be doing in this show, our thought brings presence segment. Karin, do you want to talk a little bit about what that is and what people should do to participate in it? Yeah, we like to, towards the end of the hour, just um, give a few minutes to acknowledge loved ones who have passed on to the spiritual world. So if there's somebody you love that you're thinking about uh, who is now in the spiritual world, um, type their name in the chat and anything else you'd like to say about them. And at the end of the hour, um, we'll give a little attention to those people and and think about them with love. So go ahead and type in the chat if, if there's somebody you're thinking of today. Awesome. Okay, let's get rolling. Uh, and as we do, to get into our mode, I want to remind everybody that we're not for profit. So it's through your contributions that we can do this kind of electronic specialty programming. As you can see here, we have a funding goal today of $185. That means that if we reach our goal through your donations, we will do an extra 15-minute bonus Swedenborg-inspired games, educational, spiritually educational games section that is both engaging and interesting. And also, the third thing, it's occasionally humiliating for us, the panel. So you wouldn't want to miss something like that happening. All you have to do is go to uh, the Swedenborg, 
slash donate. Ah, oh, there's so many places you could go. That's the easiest one. Get your donation in and that will register right away. And you'll see that thermometer go up and know that you did it. We chose $185 uh, because our quote to get us into a spiritual mood comes from uh, Secrets of Heaven 185. And this is actually the quote that is in the second telling of the story where the name of this channel comes from. There's a place in the book, Heaven and Hell, where Swedenborg talks about waking up in a spiritual world and a covering being peeled off his left eye. He retells that story or originally told that story in the first volume of Secrets of Heaven. And in that account, he says, afterwards, something seems to be rolled gently off the face and we return to consciousness. The angels take the greatest care at this point to prevent any idea from rising out of us, unless it is a fairly gentle, loving one. Now we learn that we are a spirit. And so as we think about the difficult things that are going on in our lives and everyone's lives, remembering that that experience is waiting there for us, that there are angels, that we are spirits, that there is a waking up and a being cared for, and that that is actually the flavor of life. That's awesome. And that's something we want to hold on to. So let's keep that sphere with us here and let's see if we can hit our goal. All right. Question time. We have a first question from Joy who asks, what are your takeaways from the retreat from the off the left eye experience? Okay. Yeah. Did, does anyone still remember that? And what, what did, what did you get that changed you or that you took in or that made an impact? Does anyone want to have one on the tip of their tongue, Jonathan. I just um, loved the experience so much. It was um, heavenly. Um, it almost felt as though we had been living in this house thinking that the floor we were on was the only floor of the house. And then you found there's a hole upstairs that we hadn't used before. <laughs> That's the way it felt to me. Um, I was really struck by, even though it was all virtual for participants and not in the flesh. And usually I think of when you're there physically in each other's presence, there's a sort of an aura or a feeling that gets going. And, and I didn't know how it would go without that, but I still felt like I got to know a lot of people. I loved the um, material that I was working on. I thought the theme was so great. And uh, it was really just major level heaven to me. I had dreams about, what you described there with finding there's another level on the house. I don't know. Do you, do you ever get that? I absolutely multiple times have been in a house that I'm pretty familiar with, although it doesn't always look exactly the same in dreams, but then I, Oh, there's this whole space here that we didn't. So I love the idea of that analogy. Uh, we were discovering new things. And I would say for, for me, yeah, there was definitely a takeaway that group participation can create this, the right, environmental conditions for you to really stay in a sphere of, of heavenly thoughts and ideas. And I, I just got me excited for the potential of what we can do. Chelsea. Yeah. I um, loved the learning about people and what they're doing in their life. Like learning about this, all these people who uh, watch off the left eye, but then to get to hear from them about all of these creative projects that people are doing and things they've been inspired to do since learning of Swedenborg and learning of our channel and everything. So just feeling like, uh, you know, just the, the seeds keep growing and they're growing amazing trees and, and it's 
going to be bearing some amazing fruit in the world and it already is. And it just feels really, really exciting to, uh, or the, the experience just really made that just totally clear and awe-inspiring to me. So that was really cool. One of my takeaways, lasting takeaways. Very cool. Karen, what about you? Nothing? Definitely a lot. Um, Jonathan mentioned it, it can feel overwhelming when we get aware of uh, lots of troubles in this world. But I felt like um, we, you know, the, the way to, to bring heaven to earth and to bring more peace into the world is for each of us to work on becoming um, a, a better and better channel for heavenly love and uh, truth. And so to gather together and to help each other um, learn more about this process of becoming um, more of an angelic channel for the Lord to work through into this world um, felt very important to me. And I was realizing, um, you know, it was wonderful to just revisit the, the fact that the Lord is working with us on this all the time. We just need to consent to that process and that we all need uh, each other, that we support and um, affirm each other by learning the ways that everybody, you know, incorporates uh, love into their life in different ways. And we get more ideas about how to apply that and to go out and bring that into our own lives um, and just can encourage each other too um, that, that this is, this is possible and this is important. And uh, so I, I felt really blessed by that and, and felt like I look forward to doing it again. Very cool. Good. Love doing it with everyone. Yeah. Hope to see everybody else there next year, which we're just starting to plan the one for next year. More to come about that. Hey, let's check in with the next question. But before we do, we're 0% of the way to our goal. So consider going to offtheleft.com slash donate if you want us to get uh, up to where it's not really about the games. It's about allowing us, it's about allowing the message to get out and take form. So thanks for everyone who has supported and everyone who will. This is from Elise Mason who asks, I had a near-death experience and now I can see and talk to angels. Why can I suddenly do this? Yeah, so often people will come to us with questions that I feel like, oh, Swedenborg kind of has an answer to that. But this one, I feel like you came to the right place. So what what does Swedenborg's uh, explorations of how the universe works have to say about that, Karin? Well, I want to say that that's very common. I've heard that so many times in near-death experience stories that someone has a near-death experience and then they have an awakening of uh, an ability to see spiritual beings around them or or auras of people or just um, you know new abilities kind of come to them. And I think that an explanation um, that I would think of from Swedenborg is we all have these levels of our mind and these abilities in us, like that's part of being a human being. And if somebody has an experience like that, that really touched a deeper part of their mind, something has gotten activated that we all have. Um, but you know, that's that a, an experience like that can really activate those, those deeper levels and, and start something happening that ideally we would all have, <laughs> but um, so it's it's a it's a gift. I know some people have reported it's a little overwhelming. And I remember Howard Storm was saying uh, he had to ask for it to be turned off at some point because he was seeing both the angels and the demons. And uh, he prayed for 
that was a little overwhelming. Um, but it, it it is, you know, it, it's an amazing thing and a gift. And if if there's some way you can uh, use that, that enriches your life, that's wonderful. Um, so very cool. <laughs> if I can jump in, I, this is a great answer and um, a great question. I think this seems like a very important question. And uh, my short answer would be, I'm not sure, but um, Swedenborg does talk about the fact that there are pretty strict rules that govern how angels are able to interact with people. And uh, I was just talking to my wife this morning about that interesting thing that uh, Swedenborg says that when you die, uh, then all these questions can be answered. Uh, and these angels, he repeats it a number of times that angels come and will answer any question you have. Uh, so there's something about a difference of being in that world where questions can be answered in a different way, still according to your ability to sort of comprehend what's being said. But, but uh, there's something about piercing through the veil that now your questions can be answered. And I think when you have a near-death experience, this is just my theory, that uh, you've sort of poked your head through the, the veil. You, you've been through the veil. And so now you're under a different set of rules and uh, angels are allowed to interact with you in a different way because you've seen behind the scenes. Uh, um, to, and of course, there are other people who haven't had near-death experiences who have a thin veil and other people have a very thick one, but um, uh, it's a cool feature of near-death experiences. And it's striking that both near-death experiences and Swedenborg say this point about how your questions get answered. You know, it's another point of alignment. So those are some thoughts. Great. Uh, I love, so in, everybody's getting even more in depth than I was thinking when I said, hey, we've got an easy answer because I was just going to say your spiritual eyes are opened. That's why you can. Yes. Nice. Because before, and most of us, they're closed. And Swedenborg, who had the same condition, that you have, by the way, said that he called it having his spiritual eyes open. <laughs> so I was just, oh, we did it. But um, Chelsea, what, what do you think about the, the whole conversation? Yeah, I guess, well, this is sort of echoing what Karen and Jonathan have said, but I um, I think similarly, just that it's a something that Swedenborg describes that that it's pretty phenomenal that he says it, that actually our intended state is to have more open communication with with the spiritual world and this world. So to be able to be having an ongoing sense of our relationships and connections that are on the other side and that, uh, you know, that can help support us in our spiritual work that we do while we're in the world. And, you know, that there's meant to be more of this sense of deep integration um, that is real, but because of our state in the natural world and in society these days, we're just so focused on the outer stuff that we're sort of tuned out from the inner um, those inner levels that Karen was describing. And so um, kind of pairing that together where it's like, it's not a, it's not a judgment on any one person that they can't hear or speak to angels or spirits because we talk about it in a variety of our shows, but one might be, um, I was thinking like how to find true intuition and then also a guide to spiritual awakening, but, or an even how to talk to angels, those, uh, all of those describe how there's sort of a, it's like a subtle level of communication that's happening all the time. And then when you've I just suspect that sometimes when going through a near-death experience, you are just, you know, tuned into that communication in a, in a deeper way. But so. Yeah. I, I, um, 
have never talked to an angel like that. Um, but I certainly feel like I experienced the kind of things Chelsea's talking about all the time where I wouldn't have been able to pick it out as this is angelic influence if I didn't have all of Swedenborg's detail. So that that's part of what, what's been so you know, helpful to me about all of his books. But I also want to say that it, at least that's like pretty, pretty awesome that you're having those experiences. And I, I would, and hey, let's chat sometime. I'd love to hear what it's like day to day. What are they saying? What are they doing? What do they look like? I mean, you hear some accounts. We mentioned Howard Storm, near-death experience people, Swedenborg. But whenever you hear anybody having firsthand encounters with, let's say, angels, there's always some detail or shade that just, of course, that's how they are, but it expands your understanding. So really glad that you're willing to talk about that, that you've had it. Okay. Hey, we're on the board, by the way. John made a donation. We are, uh, what is that? I can't really read bars very well, quarter of the way to our goal. So thank you. If everyone else wants to pitch in and help us get to our games, it's off the left side.com slash donate forward slash backslash, something like that. Question three, Daffodil asks, in reference to the temptation in the wilderness, Matthew 4, 1 to 17, is this about Jesus battling the evil thoughts in his own mind, just like we do? So could it could it be that we all get tempted in the wilderness? And I feel like this is there's very relevant Swedenborg material on it. Jonathan, do you agree? I do, and um, it, uh, a short answer would be um, yes, or at least that's uh, very much related to what's going on there. Uh, the depiction is interesting because there's so much of that exchange is about the, the Bible, you know, it's in the Bible and they're talking about old Testament scriptures back and forth and so on. Um, uh, so it does depict, uh, Jesus interacting with those thoughts. Um, uh, Swedenborg is careful to say that you see a few things in, in the New Testament. You see that bit in uh, Matthew, and I think it's also in Luke, of, uh, you know, battling uh, with the evil spirits in the wilderness. And then you see the crucifixion and, and Jesus going through tough times. Swedenborg says, oh, since he was about 12, he had that stuff going on every day. The New Testament seriously understates it. And actually, if you want to see a more complete picture all those battles of the children of Israel in the Old Testament are inwardly about that. It's a much longer and more dramatic story that got sort of boiled down to these two events in Scripture. But absolutely, that is about the same kinds of things that we battle. Uh, the Bible does say that Jesus was without sin. He was like us, but without sin. And um, so it was a, a little different. In, in us, we we have our own sort of active evils and thing, thing, missteps that we've done and so on that we wrestle with. It was a little different for Jesus, but that's exactly what he was doing here to try to tackle those um, spirits and, and um, uh, gain the upper hand and be purified through that process. And that is an image of what we go through. Poor little 12-year-old guy. Yeah, having to go through, you know, battling through that kind of stuff. But but also, I love the idea of all, all the struggles and things that I've been through, of God being able to say, oh, I know what that's like. 
Hey, before we get to our next person, Karen, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but we had another donation. Martha contributed. We are now up over the halfway mark and we're not even halfway through the hour. So the chance of us getting the games that we all want to play is is likely. I would put it as likely. So thanks so much. Karen, what do you think you have more to say about Jesus and the inner battles that he was going through? Yeah, I think what you said there, Curtis, is the very comforting thing that any struggle that we go through, we can know that uh, Jesus went, you know, knows about those particular thoughts and feelings that we're struggling with. Because even though, like Jonathan says, um, Jesus would never succumb, like he he would never succumb to negative desires and, and thoughts he experienced all of them, all the possible negativity that can plague us flowing into him from the hells. That's why God took on this, this human nature that could be vulnerable to that, like so that that could flow into him so that he could address it and confront it and overcome it um, in order that now the Lord can help us do the same. Um, So yes, that those stories, we did a show called the spiritual battles of Jesus Christ, I think. And that was talking about the symbolism that was described in that, in the wilderness scene. But as Jonathan said, there was, it was all through Jesus's life. He was constantly being um, plagued by hell, attacking him with negative thoughts and feelings. And um, so it's very intense life that we, he went through in order to help us. Um, but also just, uh, but it's so much more than that one story seems to indicate. I remember there's just a mention in, in that story of that he was in the wilderness and dealt with uh, just all the beasts or something. There's some mention of that. And that's symbolizing the evil spirits that were just constantly attacking him. Um, so yes, he, he went through that. He always overcame because he had this heart of divine love that was always able to overcome, but he felt that he felt that, uh, you know, that, that pain and that intensity from all that negativity coming in. Um, but therefore he understands everything that we go through and can help us with everything that we go through. It doesn't sound so bad. I mean, having, having a human, human God. Great. Okay. Any other uh, thoughts or, or feelings? Great. Thank you so much, Daffodil. Uh, a good, good reminder that, just because there's struggles in your life doesn't mean your life isn't good because Jesus had all the struggles. You think God is the one who would have every, like you can just take any picture of himself anytime and everything in the background looks great and free of clutter, but really he's going through all these struggles all the time, just, just like the rest of us. Let's move to our next question. This is from Kay Lerman who asks, do all thoughts we have originate in heaven or in hell? And then the second part, if we are blessed to make heaven, where do our thoughts originate? What maintains our freedom? This is a deep diving question because I think we'll have a fairly straightforward answer to the first one. I don't know. I I can't predict that. But the second one, yeah, if you get up to heaven, where, where do you get your thoughts from? And part of the reason why we have both heaven and hell around us is to maintain this freedom. What are the mechanics there? Chelsea, what do you what do you think? Yeah. So uh, yeah, two thoughts, I guess, in response to the two different parts of the question. One is we have our show, the angels and evil spirits with us. Um, And in that episode, we go 
uh, it's really interesting how we're networked in the spiritual world. And um, we, Swedenborg has these interesting numbers where he describes the like sort of rings of layers of the spiritual communities that we're, that we're receiving our thoughts from. And it sort of goes out sort of like nine degrees or something like that in one description that he gives. And, um, but then he describes this process where as we are regenerated, we become less and less dependent on the spiritual communities around us and more focused on receiving our thoughts and feelings directly from the Lord. And I don't think, you know, I think that's a pretty high level. So I think even in heaven where we have both, we have that indirect connection to the Lord through the angels and communities that were, that were around. And so, you know, Swedenborg describes communities share a heartbeat, you know, and a breathing rhythm because they're, uh, so tightly knit um but then we have our direct connection with with god um and so that's where receiving our our illumination you know like our that the light and heat that is in heaven so that's coming from the lord um but then with what's maintaining our freedom uh it's still our sense of self and that's what i just love is that uh that sense of self even though swedenborg is very liberal in his um, descriptions of how evil the sense of self is. It's this essential part of us that can receive life from the Lord and that, you know, a regenerated sense of self, a sense that has been brought to life by the Lord um, is what allows us to live in heaven, but it still maintains this capacity to essentially resist, you know, resist that, um, that connection with God. So, Swedenborg describes angels, you know, that's why angels go through changes of state is because their sense of self is more or less activated. Um, and so they get sort of get caught up in selfhood stuff, but then they're much, you know, more quickly to notice it and use that to redirect back to, oh yeah, I've got to be aligned and connected with the Lord. So uh, those are the couple of thoughts I had. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So the sense of self can sort of maintain this connection to the negative stuff we have absorbed. That doesn't, it goes dormant. It doesn't go totally away. And but actually even there, like you're saying that the sense of self is providing this essential service because it's allowing us to get even better. Cause every time angels go through that negative part of their cycle, they come out of it more angelic. That's how you keep getting more and more angelic to eternity. So it's a pretty good system. Yeah. Karin, what do you think? Yeah, that was great. And it, it's uh, good to be reminded that Swedenborg learned and experienced that everything flows in, everything flows into us, everything that comes into our mind. And yeah, the, the ideal is that that flow is from the Lord. And like Chelsea said, over time, when humanity got kind of separated, it has to come through a network of angels or evil spirits. And think about our, that sense of self that Chelsea's talking about. Each each one of our senses of self, like my sense of self, your sense of self is so unique. It's this very unique vessel. And so the Lord's flow, you know, just this um, oneness flow of divine love and wisdom enters us all in a very unique way. So nobody's reception of that is the same. So we're all going to receive it uniquely and differently. And, um, that is something to think about. So it's never we're we're 
just because we're all getting the same flow that we're all sort of morphing into <laughs> clones or something. We, we, Swedenborg says we even get more unique the closer we get to the Lord because it's less and less about sort of other spirits, lower spirits kind of dictating how we're thinking and feeling. We're actually becoming more and more ourselves and our own unique um, reception of God's flow. And um, I, adding to that, uh, the, yeah, so the sense of freedom, I think on that heavenly level, that would also be at play. Like it's our freedom that we get to, um, we get to receive that in our own unique way and do with it what we choose to do with it. You know, like it's not dictated to us what, what we're going to do with that flow. We get to choose that from, from the sense of self that we've been given. And, one last thing that I, I read a number recently that gave me this fascinating new view on these evening states that Swedenborg describes for the angels that it's um, we think of it like as um, and it definitely does like sometimes kind of being pulled down into a little bit lower state of mind. But sometimes it it just means more external. Like I read a number that said the evening states is when they kind of go into recreation mode and kicking back and just more external pleasures as opposed to that deeper like on fire with what I love to do to help people thing so that's interesting to me too that that um uh that freedom of like uh you know when you're you're gonna just kick back into more external pleasures and then come back into the the deeper flow of usefulness from God um there's a lot of freedom in, in how that goes, uh, meaning that uh, we, our sense of self <laughs> is uh, dictating how our, uh, how our cycles go, depending on how open, you know, what kind of openness we're at, at that time. <laughs> so I don't know if that makes any sense, but fascinating to think about. No, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of really cool things to unpack in there. Um, and I want to hear just a little bit from our friend, Dr. Jonathan Rose. On the whole thing, yeah, just uh, some great points being made, and I'll just add a, a couple more. Um, I think of heaven. Swedenborg talks about it being in the human form, and I think of thoughts and feelings going through that giant human form, like your neurons firing. You know, uh, there's that wonderful experience where. So it's hard to tell where your thoughts and feelings are coming from because you feel them very much as your own but they're also flowing in from, from elsewhere. And Swedenborg says the wiser angels are, the more outreach they have to more and more parts of heaven. So they're kind of wired into the whole organism and, and picking up thoughts and feelings from the entire thing. And there's one experience where uh, I think it's Swedenborg is having a dream and then the angels are having a discussion. And there's some kind of confusion about was Swedenborg dreaming what the angels were talking about? Or were the angels talking about what Swedenborg was dreaming about? Like, who was <laughs> inspiring this thought? You know, it's just an example of how thoughts sort of flow through multiple people and you can't even necessarily tell where they come from. And the equilibrium thing, uh, the only thing I wanted to add about that is that, uh, as, as y'all were saying, you get pulled down, you get pulled up. And for a lot of our lives, we're pulled down by evil spirits, we're pulled up by good spirits. But you can graduate from that even while you're still here in this world so that you're being pulled down by good spirits and pulled up by angels 
and then pulled down by lower angels, pulled up by higher angels. Jesus went through that whole thing until he was actually being pulled down by the highest angels, and he sort of rolled out the top of the equilibrium. But So you never leave that equilibrium, but you can kind of trade up. And you can even, you don't have to wait to die to, to trade up. I think Swedenborg traded up while he was still here. So that's, those are my thoughts. Yeah. So you can be like, I'm, I'm so good. The Pope is my lower angel or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So Karin, when yours, when yours ended, and I've just really been fed by all, all the thoughts from all of you. When, when yours ended, Karin, I had a thought, but then it escaped me. So I just kicked it over to, to Dr. Jonathan. But now I remember, which is, when you're talking about the external state that angels get into, and I think somewhere Swedenborg says that angels do not seek any, you know, self-merit in good works, so they don't want any credit for their works. But when they're in their negative state, then there starts to be this desire for credit for things. So it's you're still doing really good. Like an angel's bad state is just like, well, look at how I'm really cool for doing, I'm perhaps a little better than this one for doing that. That's so it's not like they go around and snap and are, are scary and bad. It's just that they get a, a little more of that the self, the, the self becomes the goal a little more for them. So let's, um, let's take a second to acknowledge Vicky because Vicky contributed. So now we're up to 125 of 185. Thank you. And to say thank you in a more, hopefully profound way. We want to take a minute in the middle of our show here to give away books to all of you who or potential chances to win books to all of you. So we do this every month during the live show. It's our time for our monthly donor raffle. And we want to begin by just thanking everybody who gave in the month of August, 2021. Here's who they are, just in case you want to take a screenshot and print it out and frame it. Wow, look at Thank you. Look at all those nice people. Thank you. That that is what makes us able to do what we're able to do, and that's just so cool. I mean, I feel like that list is getting bigger every month, and uh, it's an awesome thing to see. So, as a way of giving back, we have three different kinds of raffles that we hold, and the first one is our all donor raffle. So, anybody who is on that list. We entered you into a computerized random generator and out popped this person to be our lucky winner. And this is what they won. Andrew Stinson won a copy of the portable NCE edition of Heaven and Hell or the audiobook of Heaven and Hell. You're choosing amazing firsthand accounts in there of what it's like in the life beyond. So thank you, Andrew. Next. Hey, Andy. Yeah, what's up, Andy? Next one our new donor raffle. So if this month, August was the first time that you gave, you are in a special raffle with people who have joined our donor family. This month, our winning new donor is Martha Bosch. Thank you, Martha. And so to you, we give the excellent Divine Love and Wisdom portable or audiobook, so you can sit down and relax. Uh, you could have relaxed at the beach if we had given it to you last month. Now you can relax in the fall leaves, or maybe you're lucky enough to live in a, by a warm beach, or you can listen to it while you're running or biking or anything. So thank you so much. Thanks for taking that step to donate. And finally, we have our recurring donor raffle. This is people who have signed up to give every month, which gives us the kind of stability and ability to project where things are going to be. And so from that to build this base out and make good content. And so from that group of people who donate on a regular basis, we have the following winner. 
Jane Woodry, you're going to get a copy of Divine Providence, either the book or the audio book. Thank you, Jane. And thanks to everybody else. If you, if you want to get in on those raffles, just make a donation. If it's your first time, you'll be in two raffles. If it's your first time you sign up to be a monthly giver, you could be in any of the raffles. So it's just a little token of our, uh, of our affection for, for what you've done for us. Okay, so let's move back into the questions. And here's the question of whether I can do justice to the name of our next questioner. I believe yeah, this is all, just all from a quick internet search, but we would pronounce the name she no Nagari, she no Swuki. And that would be Japanese for flow of death, salvation of death. Again, if Google's got it wrong, sorry, but thank you so much for your question. And that person asks, is hell a place of hedonism? For anyone who's not familiar with the term hedonism, maybe we better define that as well. So I guess feel free to talk about what you believe hedonism is as you answer the question. Jonathan, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, I would say that hedonism would be uh, wild indulgence of sensual appetites, you know, just like no holds barred, all the different kind of physical pleasures and, and so on. And um, I would say that a, a qualified yes from what Swedenborg says that the he says some things about the fact that all uh, individuals in hell are focused on the kind of sensory level of existence that that is kind of one of the defining characteristics that they've privileged that over everything else. Um, not that there aren't also intense. Um, you know, savagery and cruelty and, and other things, but but uh, th there is that aspect to it. Um, hell is a, a tightly regulated environment. There's even some indication over the course of Swedenborg's works that the rules kind of e evolve and change and the structure of the society's changes and so on. Um, so uh, people are allowed their pleasures as long as they don't harm others. And so there's lots of pleasure that goes on in hell, uh, the people who the most enjoy, let's say, torturing other people, uh, because that harms other people, you can't do the thing that you enjoy, you know, so that kind of pleasure uh, gets shut down. So it's not just a, a free-for-all orgy type situation, um, uh, but it is a, I think that's not a bad definition to say hell is a place of hedonism. So before we go get any more takes on it, I got to say thanks to Shelly, who made a donation and got us, inched us closer, well, actually leapt us closer to our goal. And then right on the heels of that, Juliet gave. So we're now at 160 of 185, and we're firmly in the, is it going to happen? We don't know. 18 mm -hmm. minutes. There's a there's an amount of dollars, 25, that, that, that need to come in. We'll see. And it's Whichever way it goes, we will be happy and, and grateful. So does anyone else have any other thoughts on hell and hedonism? Yeah, Karin. Yeah, our definition, I just looked up, is a devotion to pleasure as a way of life. And yes, I agree with Jonathan that uh, hell is a lot about hedonism, meaning that one's own pleasure is the main goal. And when that, you know, no matter what it, 
the experience is like for another person. <laughs> so you mentioned ancient Rome, for instance, they would be entertained sometimes by people being slaughtered in the Colosseum. You know, that was pleasurable to them. And that's a very terrible thing. So um, yes, when one's own pleasure becomes the main goal, that is gonna turn dark because that doesn't consider the feelings of others um, if, if that, you know, your own pleasure is the main goal. But the amazing thing is when you go the heavenly route, you know, go towards heavenly love and caring about other people's feelings and serving and trying to bring happiness to others, the wonderful thing is in heaven, you get feeling all sorts of pleasure, you know, that pleasure that flows into you and comes into your life. And it's heaven is full of pleasure, but it's pleasure that does not harm anyone else that just is shared, you know, there's so much shared pleasure there because the the goal is to bring happiness to others and that brings happiness right back to oneself because that's the way spiritual <laughs> law works. That's such an interesting point that it's it's not that, okay, you can choose heaven, but you, you can't have nice things there. You can't have the kind of stuff that's really like fun and, and sparkly. Heaven, as Swedenborg describes it, is in some ways a hedonist's dream in that the architecture is gorgeous there. You get a really nice house. You have amazing music. The people You end up looking really beautiful. All the people there are super beautiful, but that's not why anyone's there. And all that beauty springs from uh, being good. So, yeah. Uh, Chelsea, what do you think about it? Yeah, it was just a reflection on both of those thoughts or what everybody has shared is that um, something interesting that Swedenborg says is that we, that's actually how the Lord leads us is through our pleasures and that it's just, just very incrementation of this is what you love. Maybe love this, you know, and then we'll maybe find pleasure in this and this. And so uh, that's like the Lord's, you know, coolest talent is that, you know, that core way that he's able to lead our pleasures, um, getting more and more aligned with those heavenly pleasures. Cause that's, that's what Swedenborg says is that love, what we find love and pleasure in is our life. Like that's spiritual life is that love. And so we need to go through that process. And that's our time in this world is going through, um, that process of repentance and reformation and regeneration to have those, to shift from, hellish pleasures or those more natural folk, natural world focused, like, um, to the sacrifice of others, you know, thoughtfulness of others leading up into more and more, um, heavenly open-hearted pleasures. Yeah. It, those kind of things, those pleasures are accessories, They're accessories to life. They can't, when they become the point of life causes a problem because yeah, you'll, you, you'll take other other human beings experiences and make that subservient to your desire for that pleasure. But when the goal is bringing happiness and, and joy to other conscious people, then all that stuff plays its role as an accessory to that, which is, it's great. It's not, God's not trying to deprive people or make this weird system where I really want to have you know, like a cool car, but that's not spiritual. So I can't, it's not that it's not about that. So what's that car doing for you? Right. Um, hey, by the way, lots going on in the donations world. We had two two gifts, one from Christy. I don't know if we had it up on the screen or not. Hopefully we did. Thank you so much, Christy. She actually got us to our goal. 
And then Sean gave, and now we're up over the goal. We're at 190, so we will be going to the games. Speaking of, of hedonism, right? Um, I don't know how the games will be that. The games are coming. Thank you, everyone. I mean, what this really does is it allows us to continue to, to do our programming. And it's not too late to give. If you're still wanting to push us up above that, offtheleftside.com slash donate, you can you can fund the, the production of Swedenborg-focused programming for those of you who are already watching and those of you who haven't found us yet but will because of these donations. Let's move to the next one. This is from Gordon Ramsay who asks, was Swedenborg's ability as a polymath influenced by his pre-existing spiritual insights? So did he get a sort of a leg up? Okay, thanks, Dana. We just, before I kick it over, thank you so much, Dana. We're, we're soaring into the stratosphere now, 215. Thank you. Appreciate it. Jonathan Rose, what do you think about the influence of spiritual stuff on Swedenborg's polymathery? Yeah, it's a really intriguing question that I hadn't considered before. Um, first of all, you know, I'm sure everybody knows polymath means that he uh, was skilled in many different knowledge areas, very broad and deeply read sort of person, even founded some sciences and crystallography and, you know, things like this. And, and uh, so, and he, there is some indication uh, that he had a special breathing, breathing techniques when he would say his prayers as a child and that he would come in and tell his parents um, things that made them think that he'd been interacting with angels out in the garden and that kind of thing. And so, um, uh, I, I don't know. There's no direct sort of through line that I know of from, from those spiritual experiences to the polymathery, but it's a very intriguing question because a lot of people come back from near death experiences with a voracious appetite for learning. There's something about going to that other world that makes them feel like, um, oh man, the more knowledge you can get. And Swedenborg in, in his later spiritual, you know, phase of his, uh, the last chunk of his life, uh, said that, um, the more knowledge and the more sort of quality insights you can amass, like the better, it's just, it's just like spiritual riches. And, um, so I wonder, because he certainly did display that lifelong, uh, voracious appetite, just devouring whole fields of knowledge and, and, um, uh, so, so I think it's an interesting question. And I, I, I wouldn't doubt that somehow the angels kind of inspired in him some, some desire to, to learn and just keep going, not just quit when you get out of school kind of thing, but just keep hoovering up the information throughout his life. Yes. Great. Well, I'm, I should be well on my way with my in-depth knowledge of the Super Mario series of video games that continues to expand. Hey, I want to say that, that Dana's, gift was in memory or in honor of Richard. So Richard, we honor you here today. Thank you, Dana, for bringing our attention to it. And thanks for your gift. Any other thoughts on that? I feel like Jonathan gave a great thorough answer. Maybe it's time for us to move on to Colin Vickers, who asks, why isn't childhood in heaven the status quo for everyone? 
Swedenborg describes an idyllic situation. I think what he's calling is referring to here is when children die, they are brought up in heaven and given what is a, by all accounts, it was just an awesome first equivalent couple of years of life. Not everyone's childhood is that great. Why, why doesn't God just do that with everyone? Chelsea, what do you think? Yeah, well, I look forward to hearing what other people have to say, but one thought that just popped to mind was um, how Swedenborg says that angels, and I guess maybe the highest angels especially, or maybe it's all, I can't remember, um, they appear from a distance to look like children and or even infants. And so there's this dynamic between, um, there's that the innocence of infancy that Swedenborg describes, that that just is this pure hearted trust and dependence on the Lord. And then we develop an innocence of wisdom. And that's what angels has have where we've lived through this. And the Lord has developed our mind to be a vessel for the Lord's, you know, wisdom as well as the Lord's love. And, um, and so I think that's why it ends up having to be both where, where Swedenborg says in heaven, everybody comes to the prime of their life. Um, and, but then, but then interestingly, people can appear differently at different times. Um, and so sort of you are in your heart in the prime of your life, I think, because that's where you have the most, you know, you are that vessel of love and wisdom from the Lord and have that um, pairing in yourself. But then from a distance, you look like a child or like an infant, because at the heart is that is that innocence um, inside. And so, uh, so I think, why isn't everyone... Uh, or childhood in heaven, the status quo, if I'm understanding the question right, you know, it's that growing up to adulthood and that maturity is a reflection and an image of, of our minds developing. Um, so. Awesome. Cool. I, I love it. I want to hear more too. So Karen, what, what do you think? Um, I'm wondering if the question is just also wondering like why, can't everyone just go have their childhood in heaven instead of childhood on earth is not always so nice. You know, a lot of children go through a lot of suffering and um, uh, it was meant to be just always loving for children here on earth. Um, in Howard Storm's vision of the future of humanity, he saw a world in which the main focus was just taking care of the children, you know, and that's the way that the Lord you know, said the let the little children come to me. And, and Howard Storm also said, Jesus especially loves the children. So that's the way this world is supposed to be. And we're needing to get back to that. Um, but as far as, uh, as what my understanding is that uh, heaven needs a tremendous variety of kinds of angels kinds of people based on people that have been through many kinds of different experiences. And it actually couldn't work for the balance. If everybody just went to the spiritual world, went to heaven as a child, because that those people can perform a certain function, but they can't perform every function. Cause that's a very different um, kind of angel than somebody who's lived all the way into adulthood here on earth and, and had their, uh, rationality open up here in the physical realm and, and <clears throat> learned that way and made decisions down here on earth. Um, angels that have gone through that are very important in the spiritual world for uh, performing all kinds of functions that are so necessary for the, the overall functioning of heaven and, <clears throat> and the human race. 
So it's, um, I think we do need to work together to bring heaven back to earth so that childhood on earth is once again, loving for all children. And we got all work <laughs> together to, to bring that back. That's what the Lord wants, but it, it wouldn't uh, be ideal to have, you know, all everybody just go to heaven um, as a child, because we need, we need angels that have uh, lived to adulthood here on earth. Awesome. Hey, that that's well, and I, I like us kind of going at all the different angles on it, but I was going to say something similar to what you were mentioning, Karin, that he describes talking to people who had grown up in heaven and they were so innocent that they didn't understand or know what evil was. And that's kind of the opposite of what we were describing with Jesus Christ, where he can empathize with everyone and, and was, he could, why didn't he design a perfect life for himself? Why did he have to go in and do that? Cause there's some good to be done there. That doesn't satisfactorily explain if you go back to the very beginning, why did anything bad have to happen? But given the state of the world right now, we need some of us to have to slog through this life so that we can be able equipped to, to provide whatever kind of aid is, is needed. So um, I want to hear your thoughts, Jonathan, but first I want to say thank you to Elise who made a donation for up to $220. Thank you so much, Elise. Games on the way. Oh, in just four minutes. Wow. Let's go. Okay. Jonathan, what's up? Yeah. I, I just wanted to quickly say, I've, I've pondered this question for a long time, but this is for some reason, the first time it ever occurred to me that in terms of the mechanics of reproduction, it wouldn't work to keep the human race going. If you harvested all the children, you wouldn't have that next generation. And very important piece of the whole picture to Swedenborg is that you keep the human race going, keep, keep the party going. And um, another point is that it is possible. Swedenborg says uh, to be as pure. Um, it seems astonishing to me when I do my self-examination I, I don't imagine that could ever happen to me, but but the um, but it sounds like you can be as pure as a child if you really go through this uh, repentance process, the seven days of creation, and all that. Uh, so we're not being slighted by sticking around here in the right. world and having children if we're able to do that, etc. That's Good. my thought. Good to have that reminder sometimes when, when you're like, oh, going, going through the world, going through the world. Hey, okay, we've got to get to our thought brings presence, but I need to read this next question because it's so fascinating. So let's just give like a, somebody give one quick answer because I don't think we really know for sure. But this is from Vicky. Vicky asks, sometimes I feel goosebumps in particular parts of my body when my thoughts and words are particularly good. Do those areas I feel presence in correspond to the community giving me those thoughts. So Swedenborg does talk about goosebumps being hair standing on end or however he describes it, being an indication of the inflow of the Lord's life rather than our own, which anything coming from the Lord would come through these communities. But this here, it's like, if I get goosebumps on my head, is it because there's spirits who are in the head of the grand man? Or if I get them, you know, down my arm, I never thought about that. Does anyone know the answer? That is uh, such a cool question. Yeah, Jonathan. I, I I don't know the answer, but I have wondered, like sometimes they go from your head down or, or down your back. Some, sometimes they come up the other way. I, you know, I'm very intrigued. I always think it's so cool when it happens because I don't think that's under our own 
autonomous control, is it? I, I don't think you can give yourself goosebumps. It always feels like there's something there, you know, flowing in when it happens. But I never thought about, um, I've just mainly thought about, oh, that's down my back, or this time it's my whole body, and but never thought about um, which societies. I, I wonder if that's the case. Yeah. Thanks for the question. I was trying to give myself goosebumps while you're talking. It didn't happen. So I do think it's, it's got to come from somewhere. All right, let's go. We're a little late, but let's, let's, we'll be all right. Karin, what, what's going on with uh, thought brings presence today? Yeah, I'll just add, I think that's a cool way to think of it, that maybe it is from certain societies in the spiritual world, given, bringing those goosebumps. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, yeah, thought brings presence. So this time when we can uh, just spend a few minutes thinking about uh, the people we love that have passed on and are still connected to us in spirit, start with this quote from Divine Providence 29. And this says, in the spiritual world, all union takes place by means of attentiveness. When anyone there is thinking about someone else because of a desire to talk with her or him, that other person is immediately present. They see each other face to face. In this physical world, the same thing is happening in the feelings and thoughts of our spirit. So wonderful thing about the spiritual world that people can come together just because of thoughts and feelings. And that's actually happening to our own spirits with the people we love in the afterlife and even with each other here on earth. That's a very real thing that's happening. So we had a lot of response. So I'm going to read through the uh, memorials that people wrote in the chat. So Elise is thinking of Jenna or Gina, my birth mom passed on, pray for me. Jean, Jean Ann is thinking of Nolan and Brandon. Both of my sons have passed. Aw. Mm -hmm. Mary Valentine is thinking of Brian. My dear son, Brian passed almost four years ago. Thank you for asking about those who have passed over. Mm. Sean Smith is thinking of Marlo Smith, my father. I think about him a lot. Um, Richard is thinking of my thinking of my son, Richard. Oh, I'm sorry. BDPR times three is thinking about Richard, thinking of my son, Richard. Rita Mo is thinking of Alex G, my late fiance. Pretty sure he's in my guardian angel circle now. Love you forever, Alex. Mm -hmm. Raina SSP is thinking of Lohani Jennings and Michael Jennings, my mom and my brother who both passed on last year. Gwendolyn Williams is thinking of Judy. I'm hiking for my friend and angel Judy that passed away. She would have loved to read all of Swedenborg's work. Marnie Friedman is thinking of Stephen Friedman and Ginny. My husband, Stephen Friedman, and my mother, Ginny, passed during the pandemic. Mm. Will Linden is thinking of Alexandra, my dear friend. Tina Carter is thinking of Danny Carter. I would like to remember my husband, Danny, who passed away last September 20th. Mm. Chauncey Ricks is thinking of Lashanta Ricks. My wife passed away two months ago. I love you, Lashanta Ricks. Ricks. Mm -hmm. T.S. Bilger is thinking of my father. I'm hiking in tribute and memory of my father who passed in 2019. Peg B is thinking of my sister. My sister passed away this past June. Matt Klein is thinking of my father and my cousin, thinking of my dad who passed forward in the spring. Also for my cousin who passed forward only 40, 
At only 40 years old recently, we are all still in a heavy place with all the loss. Gail Lemieux is thinking of Lynn Donald Lemieux, my husband and complete soulmate, Lynn Donald Lemieux, in my mind, heart, and soul every minute of every day. And finally, Jocelyn Stuff is thinking of Matthew. Tribute to my sweet son, Matthew. Your wings were ready to fly, but my heart wasn't ready to let you go. I love you, Mom. Oh, wow. What a lot of beautiful testimonials. And we're thinking of all of you and your loved ones and sending prayers. And remember, they're they're still with you. It's hard to be physically separated, but they truly are still connected to you. Wow. Well, thanks for being willing to share that moment of humanity with us and um, thinking about all the presence that that thinking of them brought and hopefully their excitement about you continuing to learn things about the spiritual world and, and the place that they're in now. Uh, we do have a feature where if you want to create a lasting memorial to, to somebody that you're thinking of who passed on um, and you gave a gift of $25 or more, we have a tribute wall on our website. That way you can make a gift in honor of someone or in memory of someone knowing that that contribution goes to the spreading of these kinds of ideas that, that allow people to know that there is something more uh, beyond this life. So thank you, Karn, and thank you to everyone who contributed there. And it's time now to do our games. Before we do, I just want to make a little announcement about some upcoming exciting stuff at the Swedenborg Foundation and off the left eye YouTube channel. And it's it's like a good news and 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 okay, be patient news at the same time because we are gearing up to do some really exciting things. We are going to be revamping, recreating, you know, evolving what we do here on YouTube. We are going to be working on some cool new initiatives, a new way to learn Swedenborg's ideas in a system and go from one topic to the next in a way that really gets you to understand just what he's talking about. We're working on upcoming experiences that we're going to have, cool new video content and new ways we're thinking of portraying things. Um, but that means as we gear up for that, we'll be having a little break from our Monday postings on this channel. We have a huge back catalog that you're welcome to go and check out and we will keep you up to date as things are progressing. So you'll know when you can tune back in. Same thing with the podcast for the month of October, there's gonna be research and planning for next seasons. So we are hard at work, you know, taking a pause here to do the necessary stuff to, to come out all the stronger on the other side. Again, we're not, we're not gone. We're still looking forward to you watching anything you wanna watch of ours, commenting, we'll still be here. We're just looking to serve everyone even better with this really cool new stuff that we're working on. So looking forward to doing that. Okay. And we'll still, we'll still have our uh, weekly, this weekly live, I mean, monthly live show will still be happening. That nothing can stop the monthly live show. Yeah. <laughs> so we will have that every four weeks and we look forward to seeing you there. And we'll have, I'm sure we'll have some updates and things as we go. Okay. Let's do the games. We're only like 20 minutes late. So let's get into it. All right. So the first game we're going to play in our bonus games brought to you by yourselves is Grading Swedenbot. <laughs> oh, all right. So for Grading Swedenbot, this is our lovely time where we get to go see what Swedenbot has submitted to us. 
um, over the last month when he's working away, uh, trying to learn Swedenborg's theology and learn how to speak it as fluently as we all do on this show. <laughs> um, and so we have a few here to consider from Swedenbot and together us, the panel will give Swedenbot a grade and you guys can uh, also chime in in the chat with what you think Swedenbot should get for his, uh, for his, uh, yeah. His we should, uh we're and getting so I, uh, oh, sorry, Karin. Uh, we should explain what Swedenbot is, is an AI that we actually fed Swedenborg text into, and it is trying to regurgitate something that sounds like Swedenborg. That's right. So it's an, it's a real Swedenborg AI that, that we tap into and hear what, what is coming out of Swedenbot's mouth. So, um, so for the first one, let's see. The Lord is omnipresent in his design. And I'm, I was the one that chooses the Swedenbot quotes. That's why I host this part of the game sequence. And, um, I honestly had to check to make sure this wasn't actually a Swedenborg quote in my, for, honestly, and it's not, but I think he's pretty darn close. I don't know. What do you guys think? Wow. Yeah. yeah. My, my first thought was the machines have taken our job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would, I would give that an A. I, I, I think I have seen that quote somewhere, but maybe. Maybe I, ser not. I searched okay. like an exact match to try to find if that exact phrase wow. and I, it didn't okay. come up at least on what's available to search online. So, yeah. but, but it's, right. so true. So, it's true yeah, and it's good. Uh, and <laughs> it's got, it's got the, you know, things being in things, which Swedenborg loves to do. It is, is, is an accurate <laughs> theological point. There's no tells that it is not the kind of thing I give it an A. Yeah. And I would say maybe the only reason why it's not actually Swedenborg is that uh, it's interesting when Swedenborg talks about the Lord or when Swedenborg uses the word God to describe the Lord. And I wonder, you know, certain of his works are more geared toward the theologically minded and biblical crowd. And then some of them are more philosophical and the the omnipresent in his design is a little more philosophical to me. So I don't know if maybe it's like God is omnipresent in his design is something Swedenborg wrote. I'm not sure, but mm. it's just, I don't know what you guys think of that, but that just, and maybe I'm totally wrong, but still. <laughs> that's good. Or the divine or something like that. Right. Divine, right. Oh. Right. It's just robots know nothing compared to real Swedenborg. There we go. See, we still need to have our jobs. All right. Second yeah. one. Let's see what next one Swedenborg has. Lord is constantly taking control of us and that we have free choice in spiritual matters. It's an A. It's an A for us. No, no. It's not. The, Lord the Lord is not constantly. The Lord is constantly taking control. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. And um and a little bit of a like it is sort of a kind of second grade understanding or something, I think, we, because there's two completely opposite things in there somehow, you know, we have free choice and yet we're constantly under this control that's outside of ourselves. I do, uh, I do empathize with Swedenbot that it's difficult to wrap your head around that point of theology. Like we did a podcast recently about uh, the balance between our free will and the Lord being the doer, you know, the only one who does anything. So yeah. it's sort of 
I, I give you props, Swedenbot, for trying to tackle that one. It, it seems like Swedenbot was having to learn Swedenborg. And this is sort of like like a seventh or eighth grade protest of like, I'm just going to show you how stupid this Swedenborg stuff is by <laughs> writing out how self-contradictory it is. And, and so obviously there's like a, there's a grammatical something by saying, and that we have free choice in spiritual matters. But I, what my favorite part is like, stop constantly taking control of us, <laughs> but also like what you have control, you don't take it. But there's like constantly taking control. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just very and funny it, and very and anti-sweetboard because we're just it, saying God never forces anyone to do anything. But that's a that's a Swedenborg statement. So, so it's just so the opposite and in a very fun way. Very, yeah. very hilarious and uh, a little bit whiny. You know, it's as if Swedenborg sort of whining up. <laughs> you know, like a parent who's constantly ruining your life or something. You are constantly ruining my life. Okay, yeah, it's got to be an F. If we're ever going right. to give out an F, right. it's got to be an F. Good yeah. work. Okay, man, two ends of the spectrum. All right, we got one more. And this one is the Lord teaches that the Lord <laughs> is going to come forth from the Lord. <laughs> okay, I can I can see how the poor bot got tangled up in all the, this is coming from that and everything, but this is a little too redundant. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah. It's using yeah. the same term. I mean, there's a way in which there's levels of the divine and something flows forth from a deeper level, but this is all using the same term, so it doesn't no. seem to make sense. He, yeah, he doesn't from, usually I would say give it an F. Yeah. yeah. The, the same thing doesn't come out of the same thing. Like you have this, He has a different name for the emanating divine. It, 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 you can't get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's well, that's, it's a fun little exercise to what happens when you feed all of Swedenborg's writings into an AI <laughs> and see what it tries to come out and say, this is what Swedenborg would say. Uh, and yeah. that doesn't always land, does it? So, oh, yeah. but it's, it's great. But he got one A. Yeah. Kudos for that one. There was a. an A in there. That oh, was a man. really good one. And it's great yeah. to be able to, something machines do really well is not take critiques personally. Yeah. So we can kind of pick it apart, but it doesn't mean we don't love you, Swedenbot. Okay, so that is why we love you. Now we are going to play another entertaining, fun, educational, enlightening, humiliating game, which is Guess That Swedenborg Phrase. Time for Guess That Swedenborg Phrase. So our panel here is going to take turns guessing a letter. And um, for every consonant, you get a certain amount of points. A vowel's less points, but you do get some points. And everyone gets to guess one per turn. And then you have a chance to guess the whole phrase if you want. But if not, we go on to the next person until somebody finally guesses the phrase. So if we're going in the order of the names at the bottom there, let's start with you, Curtis. Time to guess a letter. Okay, I'm going to start with an obvious choice, E. Yes, there are five E's. That was a good oh, one. I thought it would be all E's. <laughs> you going to guess it? <laughs> nope. Probably not. Chelsea, what do you guess? All right, I'm going with the standby of T. Yeah, four T's. So that's another good one. 
Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So let's I'm go. I'm gonna back. guess it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't even guess that bottom word. Yeah. Uh, it, we'll get there. Jonathan, what about you? How about an R? R has four of them. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Now it's getting fleshed out a little bit. Mm. Curtis, your turn. Okay. Um, S. The letter S has six of them. Oh man, jackpot. Yeah. So starting to see some words in there. <laughs> I know for sure. Yeah. Okay. Chelsea? Uh, P. The letter P. Just one of those. Probably know that top word now. <laughs> Jonathan. Um, H. H, there are three H's. All right. Starting. Not going to hazard a guess yet. All right. We got Curtis and Jonathan neck and neck in points right now. Uh, Curtis, your turn. L. Letter L, three L's. Ah, man. Mm. All right. Chelsea. Um. All right, it's low point value, and I'll just go with A. All right, four A's, but the vowels always do help. Less points, but they do help. I see the word like thesaurus in there, but I don't think Swedenborg ever <laughs> Wait, is this Swedenborg? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. You're How about the letter C? There are no C's. I'm so sorry. And down at the bottom, really? you'll see letters that... Uh, people have guessed okay. here. All right. Wow. I'm very right. surprised. Yeah. Um, hey. Curtis. Letter B. No Bs either. So now we know oh, two man. letters to not guess again. Chelsea. Okay. We already did R. Um, gosh. Have we? No, we did do P. Shoot. Um, okay. We did H. <laughs> uh I mean, it's not going to be V. I don't know why. I can't think of any letters. <laughs> there are no V's either. So we're getting a good good list of letters that aren't there. Curtis. No, I'm sorry. Jonathan. How, how about give me a D? Oh, of course. I the letter D. Letter is. Yeah, there's a lot of D's. Uh, five of them. Oh, okay. okay. Oh. Okay. All right. And Jonathan pulls ahead in points. Curtis, what about you? I've got it. Uh, I. Letter I. There's a lot of eyes. Six eyes. All right. Curtis, oh. you want to try and guessing it? I think Chelsea might be able oh. to guess. I'm curious. Or maybe not. No, I can't guess it. I can't sit here forever and try to guess it. Okay. Chelsea, let me guess another letter. Um, yeah. Um, W. There is one W. Yeah. Um, so gosh, do I cancel? I lose, I get out if I don't, if I say it without. Yeah, you're out if you guess it wrong. <laughs> I want to pass or one word. Yeah, I'll pass, but we're gonna get it soon. Okay, Jonathan. How about an N? There are three N's. Oh, okay. Now I know. Nice. 
Jonathan, any guesses? There's only that one one word I can't get, but I, I'm not going to try. Okay, Curtis. M. Yes. One uh, M. I'd like to guess the puzzle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I only need 99% of the letters filled in, then I can guess it, no problem. Just spiritual, like that. Spiritual minds are filled with thousands of hidden treasures. Ding, 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 ding. You got nice. it. Nice. Yay. <laughs> All right. But Jonathan, you still won in points. No, wow. no Curtis, no, Curtis. Passed. No, Curtis. Yeah, Curtis. Curtis won. I, pushed, I got pushed. As is top. appropriate. That's right. You get point extra points for guessing it. Good job. That's a cool. filled, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. And in line with the kind of questions we were getting tonight. Yes. Yes. It's amazing that as we open our minds up to more and more spiritual levels, there's thousands of hidden treasures to be found in there that God <laughs> can open up and, and flow in with. So very cool. Cool. Thanks, everybody. We got to hurry. We only have a couple minutes left for our elevator pitch game. So let's get to it right now. Time for elevator pitch. <laughs> okay. Well, I forget who do I talk, do I do this one? Okay, here we're gonna have one minute to explain why what a sweeping board concept is and why it's valuable. Imagine you've just gotten onto an elevator. You only have one minute. We're gonna have a computer choose who's gonna be the presenter and what they're gonna present about. <laughs> Man. So let's see what it has to say. Spin away, Spinny. Karen is going to talk Ooh. for one minute about the power of angels to try to convince a stranger that it's worth their time. Okay, are you ready? Three, two, one, go. So often in earthly stories, the bad guys have all this power and the good people are kind of soft and gentle. Uh, but Swedenborg witnessed that even though angels are full of love, altruistic love, and would never want to do harm to anyone, they are so full of power. <laughs> God's power flows into them. It's a protective power. It never wants to do harm, but it does want to protect goodness. And Swedenborg witnessed that just one angel's presence can just drive off thousands and thousands of evil spirits. And so the power of heaven's angels comes from actually not wanting to do harm, wanting to protect the good, but just that, that love and that truth that flows into them has the power to dispel darkness and dispel harm and uh, all kinds of <laughs> damage and evil. <laughs> oh yeah. Woo, woo, woo. That pitch was elevated. <laughs> that, that's what we say when it's really good that was it. that's cool well and it's cool to make that distinction that there's power but it's a particular kind of power with a particular motive behind it uh, and i love it yes yeah, not just that yeah i mean when i was little i remember thinking like well the bad guy toys in this like gi joe set are the cooler cooler ones but i think that yeah if you when you really see it there's some could make be some really good angel action figures yeah Thanks, angel action figures Nice. That, this was really fun. I man, I love those games, and I love the questions. And so, thank you, everybody on the panel. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Thank you to everybody working behind the scenes 
to make this happen. And thank you to everyone who donated today. We had $220 raised from nine donors, two of whom are brand new donors and one is a recurring gift. So thank you so much, everyone, for doing that with us. Uh, if you're watching this after the fact, you can still make a donation. Go to offtheleft.com slash donate. You can support our work at any time, day or night, and we'll be grateful and we'll turn it into what we hope is gonna be useful food for people out there. Um, okay, we got an, actually just got just got an anonymous gift. Like now we have a total of 235 from 10 donors with two new donors. Well, so there you go, it's in action. Thank you. Um, I wanna give another thanks to the, the panel. It's been so great getting to hear the, the wisdom and love from all of you. So I'd love to hear some final thoughts. Um, what uh, what do you, where are you now? What are you, what are you taking away from tonight? So Chelsea, would you like to start? Thanks. I just uh, love getting to be here and getting to hear other people. It sparks so many thoughts in my mind and to hear people's questions. And I really feel just fed by the sense of community, everybody who shows up, which is really great. Awesome. Jonathan, you're next, if I know my alphabet. I, I had the same word in my mind, the word community, and it's beautiful to be part of this community. I love the questions. They were so deep and really got me going and everything. And and uh, it's fun to feel the support. And um, so just sending love to you all. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. I just feel full of gratitude. Your financial donations will, will take that and work hard to make more content to share these ideas. And I was so touched by your testimonies to the people that you are thinking of in the afterlife and love your love your questions they are always so wonderful to dig into and thank you for being present in the chat just talking to each other uh it's wonderful to be able to gather like this thank you yeah i want to echo that about the people sharing their their stories of their their loved ones who passed on it just got me thinking about the the love that was there for for each individual i just was totally lost in it when it was happening so thank you everyone for for sharing that. Uh, okay, we're out of here. We'll be back in a month. As we said, we got a, a lot of exciting things going on here and we're, we're really pumped to share them all with you. So thank you for your patience and your continued support as we get doing that. Lots of cool things on the way and, and please do check out. We got thousand videos on this channel for you to check out. And there's there's all kinds of stuff in the NCE books for you to download for free and, and read into. There are past podcast episodes. There's everything you could want. And we are excited to begin the next phase coming up soon. Thanks, everybody. Drive safely.